never speak of death Cause only life can rest When the day is Welcome to episode number 43 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Ways of Lager and Hey All Southern Ice Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. What's up, everybody? She's been a hiatus for back in action. Episode 43 got the boys back in the game. Start with Jason Davidson. JD, how are we doing today? LT. Well, yeah, I've been getting a few texts wondering where we've been. <laughs> Life, buddy. Life in the fast Work. lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First world problems, I guess, eh? Yep. Yeah. Well, it's no, good, to it's good. good to be back. Uh, warmed up today in old Saskabush. Hey, plus temperatures for a change. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting that one month till Global Cup, American. Team Canada, I'm liking it. Mm-hmm. Are you telling us who you picked here today yet? No, nope. not public. Not public yet. We're not allowed to talk about that until probably at the end of this week or next week, by the sounds of it. So, hey, okay, well, all you news outlets, if you want to know, I am selling the info for <laughs> for for the right amount of money. <laughs> the paparazzi, Scott Burns here as well. Scott, how we doing, buddy? Good, fellas. Good. Good to be back. Good to see your smiling faces like uh, like Saskabush, Saskatoon, sorry. We're plus temperatures here as well. So I'm loving that because it's been minus 50 consistently for the last month. So it's all good. I'm happy as fuck, really. It's like it's summertime, huh? Fucking got some plus oh, weather. Snow's so melting a little bit. Oh, uh, little bit. You guys got lots of snow out there too? Scott? Unre- unreal. I- I've it's I've never seen this much snow around here. It's crazy, crazy. I know uh, Dylan, my youngest boy, he's got a sled fetish. He's got a hoarding problem. He's now owns five sleds. Uh, <laughs> and it's a good thing there's lots of snow because how many there. sleds? He's got five of them right now. Why? Well, like I said, he's got a hoarding problem. He likes to buy sleds. He's gonna he sells them and Makes a little money on him. I was going to say, he's money. fucking turning them over. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's flipping them. He's got a couple uh, just about sold here. So, yeah, he's seen, well, this is how he's like, Uncle Jason's selling his sled. Uh, he wants too much for it, he said. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or she would say that, the little prick. Yeah, yeah I am. Tell him, uh, tell him to give me a call. We'll make a deal. He's got to come over and get it. Yeah, I I don't want a six sled sitting around here. So and and on a, on another note, uh, my oldest boy Braden is turning eighteen this Friday. So he's uh, yeah, we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go sip on some wobbly wobbly pops, me and him and and his buddies. So uh, hard to believe it was wasn't that long ago he was sitting in the dressing room staring at us, you know, doing our thing and yeah, full man. He's got a job and. Way goes. Here we go. 
What's his job? <laughs> What's his gig? What's he doing? He got a. He's only got school half days this semester. So in his senior year, so he is working at the feed store in Brandon here uh, from one till five every day and weekends. So yeah. loves it. He's hucking bags around, staying in shape, and yeah, it's good. It's all good. He really enjoys it. And yeah, he's uh, becoming. He's becoming very independent. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, pure gold. Jason, you've been sledding it all up there, speaking of the snow, or why are you selling your sled? What the fuck? What do you got going on? Midlife crisis? Well, yeah, yeah. I've got four. (laughs) I've got four of them now. Oh. Um, But I'm looking at something. Well, I'm learning more, you know, as you a little more experience and I've got a, I've got a mountain sled, which there's no mountains up there. So I don't really don't need that big, heavy unit. So he- heavy is the key word. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been looking at something, a little smaller track, a little lighter, a little more fun. Yeah. With all that snow, we've been kind of going off the trails through the cut lines up there and there's four, four or five feet of snow mm-hmm. in places, man. And I'll tell you what. Yeah, you've. Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, there's a lot of shoveling. There's so, of shoveling. so are you going from like the 1,000 Arctic Cat, which you presently own, to like a like a 340 or what? No, no, 850 do probably oh. with a with a just with a 46 inch uh, rubber track. Oh, 146. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 146. So knock it back a little bit, a little more. Get up and go. Kind of the same uh, as the guy that we've been ripping around with up there. He's kind of teaching us the ways and what to do and what to need. So he's been sending me shit on Kijiji. So I'm actually dealing on one right now as we speak. It's a new one. It's a ninth. It's a twenty, I think. You can't get anything new. I was gonna buy. I was gonna buy a new one. Yeah. You can't. can't, Yeah. Yeah. Is it a Polaris? No, Skidoo. The new one was going to be a Polaris. Fuck, you're coming to the good side, that boy, that boy. Well, I've interviewed my guys up there and my mechanic that fixes it because you know how good I am with tools. Holy Uh, fuck. (laughs) He just said, go with it. He said, get a do. He said, they're the easiest to work on. And so anyway, I'm just going on what he said. Awesome. Awesome. You guys are way out of my element. I have no fucking idea what any of that was just talked about, but it sounds cool, Well, you can come over because I'll have... (laughs) this other one i'll have the i'll have a fifth one so you can come over tanner yeah, when are you coming it. scott are you coming over sure just name a date let's go well i'll tell you what you don't have to go far to find the snow man yeah it's everywhere it's nuts yeah it's, it's good it'll be good in the spring i guess those, good runoff yeah that's right those sloughs need to fill up again and it was a dry one last year we can't forget that we had fire bands on up there for the majority of the summer we didn't even do our annual fireworks show, which is pretty disappointing. Lots of backlash from the from the community ripping on us, telling us that we were a bunch of pussies for not doing it, you know, blah, blah. But yep. We'll get her fired up this year. Get her going right on. Back Tanner. Tanner. Yeah, yeah, what up, bro? What's going on with you? What's going on with you? Talk to us. You, um, you look a lot. Better. You look a lot. He looks a lot better this week. I'll, I will say that. Yeah, took a couple of hits in uh, Grand Rapids uh, at the Velocity event and uh, just been dealing with a little bit of concussion syndrome since that. So, uh, you know, you guys know all about it, the funness of the anxiety and the fucking fogginess and all that sort of shit coming back. 
Plus, it smashed my eye up pretty good, and I uh, haven't hell getting that figured out. My, eye, my swelling in the cuts finally gone, but it's still kind of a little bit lazy right now. So, you get that, serious? You'll get that line. Well, can you see? Fuck! Look at it. It's is just, it. Is it wandering a little bit? <laughs> uh, it's just a little squinty, a little squint eyed. Is it? Are you trying to look like the late and great Jack Danes or what? Yeah, exactly. No shit. No, it's all good. I just been laying low. I know that's why we uh, skipped this sucker last week. Um, I was just kind of dealing with all with all the the effects of that, and not supposed to be on technology and all that stuff. Trying to follow the concussion protocol stuff as much as I can. So, yeah, no, all good. Other than that, it's been good though. I rolled since our last podcast. Did. Uh, Got to fight bulls with my brother Jesse for the first time in the U.S. in uh, in Spokane. That was pretty cool, pretty fun time, and spending some time with uh, fellow Canadians, uh, Coy Robbins and uh, Ashton David Dean Sully. I spent some time with him. Yeah. You guys know his middle name is David Dean. He's got two two middle names. I love it. No, yeah, so I call him Deaner. Deaner, that's his name now. Deaner. <laughs> Coy got some money. One on the weekend, eh? Yeah, Coy did good. Yeah, made a good bull ride out there and uh, Lexington. And uh, it's good. It's good to see him riding like that, like he like he can ride. So he had some success at uh, one of the events we were at, too. Stayed on one. And um, Ashton did good at Denver. Griffin Smeltzer's been down there. He's been riding good, too, putting out all the effort. There's a video of him kind of hanging up the side of one, but making sure he got the whistle. And yeah, yeah, it's been good bull riding down there, man. Fucking been tons of events and lots of uh, – Lots of new guys and young guys going. The like I said in a previous podcast, but the future of bull riding looks looks really good. Lots of guys that uh, ride really good that you're going to see on tour. And we kind of seen the first mix or uh, not mix up, but the first uh, cut line happen a little bit there um, about a week ago. So you've seen guys like Derek Kobaba and um, Ezekiel Mitchell and some of the top tier guys have to go back down to some velocities and then some of the velocity guys go up to the top tier so always an interesting time of year to see that mix up and and see how it kind of plays out for the guys having to go back and forth from the velocities to the utbs but bulls have been good yeah guys have been been riding good it's been fun been working with um, some different guys got to work with both the hargo brothers now really good guys really cool guys that's been pretty fun Dwayne and Dwayne jr and aaron so that's been cool and yeah, good crew. I hope our Canadians are ready to go, I'll tell you, because it's just been a juggling act to keep the scheduling intact here right now. Everybody's wanting to do events, and there's only so many days. There's you only got, so uh, many days. Is there lots of um, stuff going, though? Like things are looking yeah. up with you. We'll get into the Freedom. What is it called? The Freedom Convoy? We'll get into that here in a minute. Freedom but Convoy. Yeah, but is, there, uh, is it looking like things are yeah, hopefully yeah, opening no, up. I, yeah. Yeah. Like some new events and then all the events, you know, back when we had 30 touring pros a year, they're all for the most part coming back. So it's just a log jam on certain days when guys want to do these events and whatnot, which is, uh, it is what it is, but you're just going to have to try to balance it. And hopefully these bull riders are healthy. I know, uh, Thor Hofer has reached out, see what's going on. I'm thinking he's wanting to get back up here. Lane Mellers, uh, he's coming over from Australia. He's been messaging with me. I'd like him to bring about 12 of his closest friends with him because I think we could use them all. Yeah. But Thor, yeah, I see, I've been uh, been with Thor actually down there quite a bit. He's been riding good too. He's had some success, a couple of round wins and shit like that. I'll be up your way tomorrow. For what? 
I'm coming to watch um, Chicago Blackhawks first round pick PA Raider Nolan Allen play his older brother, 20 year old nice. free agent Blake Allen of the Calgary Hitman. Boom. Yeah. Let's get the sweet handled. Get her, get her handled for us. I'll meet you there. Meet you there. <laughs> I'll be in bed. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be catching up on my nap time. Yeah. I'm going to be laying low until we go to the Global Cup warm up in uh, Panoka on Friday. Or Saturday, sorry. Saturday, we're going to do a little jackpot out there. Cody Coverchuk is going to come and get on and a bunch of guys that are vying to be on the team. And then um, whoever's in Canada, I guess, there's lots of guys that are going south. Jordan Hansen, Jared Parsonage, and a bunch of uh, Tannerino, a bunch of them young guys and oh, like older guys. Everybody's kind of all over the map right now. So we'll have some good guys. Hey, tell me this. Oka, what happened to Jordan? How come he had to give up his spot at Fort Worth? Did he get hurt? Oh, you didn't hear this yet? Okay, this is no. I, was, I like this. I had this wrote down because we got to tell this one. So I talked to him on um, – I talked to him whatever the day after he was supposed to be there because he wasn't there. He phoned me, and he was actually just driving through the, the Coots Freedom Rally that was going on there oh, yeah. through the border there. And uh, so he, he drives across the border to, to uh, Great Falls, and then he's supposed to be flying into Fort Worth to ride – the next day because he was giving himself a day um, to get the, the travel done. So that snowstorm hits in Fort Worth and everything kind of shuts down around there. So he gets to ground or to Great Falls. They tell him that his flight's canceled. So he, they fly him to Salt Lake. I might have the, the places wrong totally that he went to, but it was all over the map. It goes to Salt Lake. They tell him it's no good. Can't make it in there. They fly him to somewhere else and then put him on a, put him on standby to get into Fort Worth in the last flight over the two days or whatever that was going to get him there. He didn't get on it. So then he was stuck. Couldn't make the perf had to turn out. This was after flying to a few different places, trying to get there. Then he can't get back to great falls. Cause he had to switch airlines so many times there. Everybody keeps pushing him off to, to different airlines and Expedia and all that sort of shit. Right. So it takes him a long time. Finally gets back to great falls and then his bags nowhere to be fucking found. And it's now in Dallas, I guess his bag. So now he's trying to track his bag down. So I was telling him, it's like the nightmare that you hear about of the worst travel days possible. So, and then I think they won the bull on the bull that he was supposed to have that night. Whoever replaced him, I think they won the round. Yeah. He won the round. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. So yeah. Add salt to the wound. Poor guy. Because that you don't make any money at that rodeo until the semifinals and the finals. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, Stetson Stetson ended up riding. I don't know if you guys saw that. He ended up winning the bronc riding on Canadian horse. Get smart was a rank rank trip that horse had, and in, in a, a great effort by Stetson. But you know, of the twenty six thousand he won, he won twenty four of it in the last two rides. No shit, eh? Yeah, yeah it only pays like a thousand dollars to win during your set like your your two head uh during the week so yeah you got to get through to get some real money so, so that's like, too bad they run it like calgary kind of like pools and then a semifinals and then a finals yeah wild yeah, card and all that shit. I, I don't know if there was six sets six different sets and then two advance and then one to the wild card one the third uh, place uh, guy goes in the wild card that's and a- is that our work scott yeah, I think it's something like that. I thought there was, uh, I thought there was two like ways you could call like a two wild cards in each, but maybe not. Like, do you know what I mean? No, um, so three three people out of each set. 
advance to okay. qualify and then the wild card. Okay. So, yeah, I, but you're right though. I, Braden and I watched quite a bit of it and I said to Braden, Jesus, it doesn't pay a whole bunch like, like during your rounds, like you were talking yeah. about, Yeah. but it does all make sense if you can get through to the end of it all. Yeah. No shit. Like yeah, 20,000 to win the finals. That's yeah. not a bad gig. So, and Sage Kimsey, brand new dad, hadn't oh, competed anywhere. Yeah. Um, well, Mr. Clutch, I think he, I think he forty percented him actually. Oh shit! Yeah, back in yeah, the he's, game. Yeah, he's definitely looking like the the uh, the old sage. You know what I mean? He's riding yeah. that the way he used to. Yeah, he's back back to his old ways. So looks pretty good. Yeah, definitely one of the best to ever do it. That guy is fucking unreal. Takes a lot of flack. But I mean, that's fucking online and everybody wants to talk shit. That's about the only thing that fucking people can do in this world right now. Maybe it's my yeah, depressive yeah. state of my depressive state of a concussion. But the whole fucking world is just wait and want to talk shit. You could. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. Online, Facebook. We need to delete fucking Facebook. All this bullshit. Everybody just can't can't be happy for somebody else. Or there's always got to be something on the go. People just want to talk shit in a negative. Fucking well, way. I'm expecting Spotify to be calling us here now once they remove joe rogan but as soon as they listen to a couple of our podcasts we'll be canceled too <laughs> yeah, no shit. they they're not gonna let go of him Fuck that. they won't you know what it's a win-win for joe rogan if they do they'll have to pay him out they pay him out and who isn't gonna buy a subscription for five dollars a month to listen to him how many followers has he got i think well, he gets it was, somewhere but like 12 million fucking views yeah, an episode five bucks a yeah. month from 12 million people uh, or three bucks a month. That's what the that uh, athletic. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the athletic. That's what mm-hmm. you do. You just pay a monthly subscription. I think it's three bucks a month, four bucks a month. Which the you best, know, the best the thing best. I the best thing I seen was the first singer that wanted his uh, shit taken off of Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Uh, See yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, "Yeah, all right." And then some guy posted. Didn't that old fucker say something or sing something like keep on rocking in the free world or something <laughs> yeah. like that? You know, That's and I'm like, Joe yeah. Rogan ended off his podcast apparently playing that song. Oh shit. Uh, song. Yeah. I know that sucks because I like I fucking grew up loving Neil Young, old school fucking rock and roll, but yeah, it's hard to hear that he uh, he did you that. You know what? They just need to entertain. No. That's what they're on the plan to do, not tell us what to do. How about Kid Rock? Is yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see his announcement, awesome. but Kid Rock's been fucking dead set and rolling on all this shit. It's been good while. Oh, yeah, he just he's he not going to go anywhere where there's mandates. None. Yeah, there can't yeah, be any, any restrictions to get into his concerts, or he ain't coming. That's how did he? Put, how did he put it? He said, uh, "I won't deal with anything, any buildings that have mandates." Uh, well, you won't be there, and guess what? Neither will I. So you know, <laughs> yeah. he's fucking standing behind it. That's awesome. He, he's got one with monster truck that's about ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live and that one went to to the top and then he's got a couple other ones too that yeah it's pretty much all just he might as well be in a semi up there in ottawa like in on the freedom yeah. rally he's kicking kicking it doing what he wants and yeah. saying what he wants to say which he always has right so that's fine that's good um freedom rally let's get into where we might as well i'm sure everybody wants to uh Talk about that, hear about it for those in the U.S. that don't know what's going on. with. Um, well, you guys could probably explain it better. Scott, Jason, what's going on with the, the Freedom Convoy? I've talked well, to Wade Grover a couple times, so has Scott. 
Um, and there's more people there than what they're letting on. That's for darn sure. Oh. So Grover, when I talked to Grover, he said this was when he was just had got there. So that'd be going on two weeks ago now for sure. He said it was the most unreal thing he's ever been a part of um, to, to drive out there and the support. And once you got there, just the atmosphere around there and, you know, regardless of what the mainstream media is trying to portray it as he said, it's not that it's about just freedom and having a choice to do what you want to do. Um, and what's going to go on, you know, go into your body, vax, non-vax, whatever, that's a whole different thing. But he said the whole point about the whole deal is about peace being, it's about peace. And they're not there to, you know, cause trouble or anything. And they're going to kill them with kindness is basically, you know, they're not there to throw rocks and do a bunch of shit. They just want to make a point and they want to do it peacefully and, um, you know, so far that's been the mandate on, on the, on the freedom convoy side and they've been sticking to it. So and it's, trending. Said, it's trending, like right. from city to city, from border well, crossing to border crossing all across the world, all across. The how world. about uh, how ironic that our doubly jabbed prime minister with his booster shot is in not coming out of his hole. Cause he's got COVID. Yeah, that's yeah, fairly aggressive that he's not that that like that you yeah. go and hiding like that's not doesn't look good. And he's getting uh he's getting made fun of all over the fucking world too, like all the different yeah. Uh, yeah. leaders yeah. and everybody. Like it looks it looks so bad, man. Like it looks like he's just tied out. But um what was I gonna say? But the, the moral of it, the Freedom Convoy is that there's truckers from all across the country have went to Ottawa, which is a where, which would be like to the U.S. our fucking White House, right? Our where our leaders yeah, are yeah. at, and are having a protest, peaceful protest against fucking mandates. mandates. It's not about being yeah. vaxxed or non-vaxxed or anything like that or whatever it is. It's just about freedom and like yeah. letting people fucking letting people have their freedom back instead of all doing all Choice. these mandates, which, hey, which, is, which is the whole yeah. moral of it. Right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's use this platform. Uh, DM any of us three, our listeners. Um, we've got a couple people out there that will set you up with, if you want to send an e-transfer 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. We've been kind of rallying as a, as a group here our circle, um, it would be greatly appreciated. And I know our guys over there are appreciating it too, because they're the ones that are basically on the front line fighting for the freedom of all Canadians. So yep. uh, yeah, D, DM us on Instagram or Twitter um, and we'll send you that info for sure. We would appreciate it. Seems to be working hey, that's too, the right? Time, that's the first time we've tried to sell something on this thing. <laughs> yeah, other than sneaky weasels. We're not. Other yeah. than sneaky weasels and bandscape. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems I, to be working. I do want right? Yeah, and I do. You're exactly right, Tanner. And <clears throat> I do want to say that it's just it's an amazing thing started by a couple truck drivers that just thought there had to be a change and 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 we had to. Uh, change change things you know we couldn't go on the way it was going on and you know it sparked rallies across the world convoys across the world and now at the coots border there was 300 guys and girls on on horseback yesterday showed up and uh you know josh and his wife they were one of them um to support, is, yeah. uh 
uh, the all, yeah, this these these mandates and man, I, I'm I'm I just can't say enough. Vaxxed or non-vaxxed, and there's thousands of them hanging out with each other right now in Ottawa and all over the world. It's not about that. It's just about having a choice and being able to live your life. And that is 100 percent that people truckers. understand that it's yeah. not, and it's not just truckers over there. Like it's no. not. I, I I know people that have just flown over to spend three days to show their support. Like right. on their dime, just going over there. Yeah, left this morning just to go see it and push it. Like, the, and, and just get in amongst it and see it. Like, talking. You know, when you're talking to everybody, like they're just every time you phone and get an update, it's 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 the most interesting ten or fifteen minute conversation I've been having for the last week. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. because you can't see it, you can't go and tune in to the local news and see what's going on, which is so unfortunate. It is. It's so unfortunate, but it also um, shows that you can't fucking believe everything that you see online. Anybody can perceive anything in whatever way they want it to be perceived videos, all that shit. You know what I mean? That's what's so fucking shitty about our world as well. On top of that stuff is that anybody can, you know, put anything out there in a sense of that's not true, you know, in all aspects of life. And I think that that's what we're seeing too. A lot is not to believe everything you see online or, or believe everybody's opinion without actually knowing the, knowing what goes on right behind the scenes. So it's pretty fucking wild. I've never seen anything like this. I don't think anybody in all of our generations has seen anything like this. since so fucking world war, I mean, fuck, this is crazy. Like the, the stuff that's going on, it's pretty, pretty uh pretty wild to see and and uh, the best thing i heard i think about the whole situation was um there was a post going around the other day that said if you don't agree with the truckers and this whole movement that's fine you can still sit in your house or you can still wear a mask or Mm -hmm. you can still follow all the mandates that you want to do that's fine that, that you go and do whatever you want. Just let the other people yeah. do whatever they want to do too. That was what I liked about it. It's not trying to force everybody to, to do something like every, like we've all been forced to do. It's just freedom to fucking make the choice to do what you want. I think. Hey, we just want to keep on rocking in a free world. Well, and, and, and yeah, hundred percent. And the trillions, the trillions of dollars spent the last two years on this pandemic. If that's what you want to call it. We won't get into that. Not one, <laughs> not one bed, ICU room, none of that has been added to our healthcare system. You're right. Nothing. Exactly. And you can't tell me, you know what? I've always said, you get what you pay for. And I had to go through it with my mom almost six years ago when she was sick. And we were in every hospital in this city, every single one of them. We bounced from one to the other. And they were all under stress back then. So I don't. I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it. It's they're under stress because they're underfunded or two, we're just not investing enough back into our healthcare and that's including our healthcare workers, nurses, but you know, it's, it's shit. I just, in my opinion, here's what I think and take or leave it. You can edit this out, whatever you think Tanner, but the most important people in our uh, society really are, Doctors, nurses, firefighters, police, uh, the people that take care of you when you need, you know, when you're down and out and they're, they're not paid properly. In my opinion, there's lots of people that do FA and make, you know, way more money. These people are important to, to keeping us all healthy and going. So, you know, Trudeau wants to waste 
billions of dollars on whatever he's wasting them on. Let's put that towards, like you said, uh, the healthcare in Canada and, and make things right, make things better. So uh, it's just crazy. It boggles my mind. Trudeau's killing it right now. He looks really great. He's being a really great leader. <laughs> yeah, he's just... Oh, the fuck. Oh, that's nuts. That is nuts. Yeah, I I like really you know what? I got one question for him. What does hashtag NFP mean? Oh, sorry. You're out of time. Hang up. No, he would be hashtag AFP, like Flint once said. A fucking pussy. Yeah, that's no joke. Or just take the N out. That's what what, uh, one of my players, Lane Peterson, his his, uh, girlfriend, longtime friend of our family, Madison Chen. You know Maddie. Madison Chen. Uh, whenever, whenever Lane's having a bad night or a bad game, she'll text me and she'd be like, hashtag FP. <laughs> <laughs> Calling him uh, out. He's had that, he's had that handle a few times the last three or four years. Uh, gold. Uh, Jordan Hansen also on his way back from non going to Fort Worth, just flying all over the U S and losing his bag crossed the border at Coots and, and drove through another another rally where they got the kind of the once again they're they're saying that they got the border blocked off and all this shit and there's nobody going through. That's not the case, according to to Jordan who was there. Uh they're just doing the same thing, just showing their protesting peacefully uh everybody gathering but he was driving through it and uh he said he looks over and there's our old friend Jody Turner right there in the mix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice. yeah. He said Jody was out there protesting with the fam. So shout out Jody. That's pretty. That's pretty funny. I haven't heard from him in a while. Um, yeah, yeah. like you said, lots of yeah, lots people be, and stuff. Yeah, I think we'd be pretty surprised. I bet you we know quite a few of them down there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Craig Walk, Craig Walker, Beaver Bones. You know the old. He's driving. He's driving home today. I saw. Eh? He's driving someone's truck back today. I so don't. I don't in know. Ottawa. Yeah, yes. he was in Ottawa. Yeah. Think, right. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. yeah, pretty crazy world we're living in right now, that's for sure. So yeah, it is. It's hopefully that that uh yeah, we can get things back to fucking normal because this is just crazy. Well, there's some provinces. There's some yeah, there's some provinces that have stepped up right now, and then you guys are in one of them. Uh your premier Scott Moe there, he has said by February twenty-eighth, I believe, that uh things will be drastically changed uh, as far as mandates, and that's uh you know, it only takes one to start that ball rolling and then uh, the rest will follow. So hopefully that is the case and we can get back to what we used to call normal life. So back to it, back to drinking sneaky weasel lagers. If you're looking for a smooth, refreshing beer this weekend, grab yourself a Sneaky Weasel Craft Lager. This mildly hopped craft lager delivers a bold 5.6 ABV, but goes down crisp and clean. This beer pairs well with any boat riding celebrations, fun in the sun, and good times with friends. This beer is available across all of Western Canada. Sneaky Weasel Lager, the official beer sponsor of the NFP podcast. Bang, bang. Um, our guest today, we can hint at, uh, hint at that. Big episode that uh, that this one is episode forty three. Our first female guest, Anna Hunt Birch, joins us today. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, had a good chat with her. I think everybody's gonna uh, gonna like uh, a lady that's really intertwined in all sorts of the Western lifestyle through her whole life and some reality TV stuff. And uh, yeah, really cool guest, Jason. 
Um, you lined this one up in 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 Vegas, so uh, looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah, it was a real. You know, when you get people coming up, and, and yeah, we just walked up to Thomas and Mac. We hadn't seen each other in quite some time, and she's just like, "I love your guys's podcast." So I'm just like, "Well, you want to go on?" And she's like, "100 percent." So yeah, you know what? She's not uh, she's not shy to tell a story, Anna. She's uh, she was a great guest for sure. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So, and for those that don't, don't, don't know, you're going to, you know, that, like I say, it's, it's, uh, you're going to really get to know Anna and her story. And she's, she's, uh, got great, great stories and was a, a bull, hauled bulls to PBRs and, and really has, has done it all in the game. So, pretty cool interview and you'll get to, you'll get to know her. So, looking forward to you guys listening to that one here in a minute before we do that though we could do a little recap on the on the bull riding world um pretty cool thing i wanted to mention shout out to pbr canada and uh the facebook lives that they've been doing of the pbrs been bringing the pbr back to canadians which is really cool to see and uh really great to grow the fan base and uh jason maybe you can touch on that or how that all played out yeah well you know what glenn young in australia got that uh got that moving forward a year ago um and casey casey albert has been instrumental in in trying to make sure we could follow suit in canada we ran out of time last year and it didn't work out but it sounds like uh I, in fact i was just dealing with some emails on it today so it looks like that's going to be an option which is good because there's no ride pass now yeah. so um and it never it doesn't hurt your viewership because people still want to tune in on the live broad or the the TSN broadcast, but some people, your, your true fans, they're, they're going to want to watch it, you know, fans of the contractors or family of the bull rider and just your avid PBR fans. They want to watch it live if they can't be, you know, if they're not in that area. So um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to try and bring it to every household we can. That's yeah. It's awesome. It really is. And um like you say, especially in Canada, we, we don't get the, the Pluto TV app that you need right. to, to watch it. We're out of the region. So there's absolutely, before this, there was absolutely no way in Canada to watch um, the UTBs other than when they're on CBS. And I've mentioned this before, but lots of time, Dr. Ho's fucking shoe, shoe procedures <laughs> is over top of it. So you don't get to watch it anyway. So you can't watch fucking none of it. But so yeah, it's good to, that was pretty cool and get to follow along with, with, with it on, uh, on the Facebook. So good job, PBR Canada for getting that going. And also some Canadian stuff, I guess. Uh the best bull going right now. I don't I think he's number one right now is a bull from Canada from Curtis Sawyer originally owned by Gene Owen now by the name of Moonlight Party. You guys seen this sucker? Oh yeah. just saw it. Uh who had a Mason Taylor? Uh Dalton no, Castle Dalton in the fifties. Castle. Castle. Yep. I that that is a fucking dude. I and I really think heavy too. Looks heavy and hard. Oh, oh yeah, I, big, I strong. I, I'd have fucking kicked holes in them back in the day. But anyway, that's a whole different story. No, I, I'm just shitting you. Uh, uh, I never got whipped down and hung <laughs> up, probably. <laughs> Me too. I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd have woke bitch. up later. Yeah, that is really good. I, I'm impressed. Uh, that's a rank bull for sure. Dakota Lewis uh, wins an event uh, on the on the Velocity Tour. Um, Joao Ricardo Vieta. I don't know if you guys um, seen this or not yet, but oldest guy on tour, oldest guy in the locker room. 
number one in the world and just won the event uh, last weekend. So it doesn't look like age is, is slowing him down. In the interview, they asked him if he was to win the world title this year, he'd be the oldest person in history and what that would mean to him. And I think he just said that he's just taking it one bullet at a time. But pretty cool to see that that guy who didn't come over until later in life, you know, I don't yeah. think he was until he was like 27, 28 that he came to the U.S. And what well, I don't know how old he is now, probably 30. I don't know. We should, I should look that up. Stats guy, Tanner. Uh, <laughs> uh, but probably 36 to 38-ish, I would say for sure. And uh, number one man in the world doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. Really nice guy. Really great guy. Good to see, good to see him pop up to the top. My pick in uh, Jose Vitor Leme showed up and showed out again this weekend he had some trouble when he first came back got in a pretty good wreck off the start and dislocated a finger but looked really good smashed out a 92 last weekend um so he looks like he's back jess lockwood as well rode really well last weekend only bucked off one in the short go but looks like he's back in the game as well uh whoopa made his return jason uh looked good again boldy event bucked off uh Buck somebody off the short round looked really good. Scott Dale and Swearingen looking isn't good, it, buddy. Top five yeah, in the world right now. When your guy's healthy, when your guy's healthy, he can actually give you a shot of winning this thing, Scott. No, actually, Jason, I'm going to reword that. He's going to kick everybody's ass because this <laughs> well, punch holes, well punch well holes, and every bully gets on and take it. I'm going. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Woo. And take it. Yeah, he's fucking not afraid to rear back and get let one have the boots. <laughs> no, so let's he go. Can. Yeah. Well, he's a bareback rider too, eh? You knew that. And you can tell in his bull riding style because sometimes he almost thinks he's got his hand in a rig, and I think. Styles. I wonder, if you could, I wonder if you could just hit a button with your free hand and unlock those routes on your bull ride spurs. Zing zing. Let him fucking fly. Because <laughs> I bet you Dalen would give it a spin. I think, he's that down. <laughs> I think he's that talented. Yeah, it could be. He could be, man. Could be. Um, other than that, I think we're good. We'll uh, roll her out. Apologize if I was a little bit slower today. My, I'm trying to get up on all the stats, but I'm having trouble reading my phone even. So <laughs> that's probably okay. not the best thing. So um, since you had a facial, and I tried to weigh up both my face in 2013 at Pinocchio, once we're done here, you send me a picture of your face. Okay. I'm going to send you a picture of what mine looked like, and we'll just compare. We'll compare okay. the oh, two. You win. I, because, I saw it. I saw it. You you win. No, but because out of all the injuries that I had in 24 or five years of fighting bulls, that is the one that still causes me the most trouble. It does? By far. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what is it? Was it your vision, or was it just, or what do you, what is it? Well, that my face like is starting to really sag because all the bone, like there's nothing there anymore. All those bones are broke. But oh, yeah. the funny part is when I scratch my forehead right here, it itches way down here. It's <laughs> <fucked> up. <laughs> uh, oh, this is fun. I love fucking getting just wiped out over and over and having to probably deal with yeah. these later on in life. But, <laughs> but it does. It, does it, it aches. It aches all the time. And uh, it aches more and more as I, as I get older. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, something to look forward to there, guys. Love you, love you, love yous, love yous. Uh, two two more shout outs. Uh, this weekend in Lexington, Kentucky, was Francisco Morales. 
Uh, he's got to be 38, something like that, too, and been around forever and takes his first Velocity Tour win. So congrats, Frankie. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, one of the really, really good guys in the game as well. In, um, I think it was North Charleston, uh, Heroic Night, as it was the, not Heroic Night, that's not the word I'm looking for. I'm reading this, and it says Heroic Saves uh, by the Boat Fighters. But history-making night for the PBR, as it was the first time three black bullfighters all took the arena together. So both the Hargo brothers, Dwayne and Aaron, and the Kevis uh, uh, will take the take the arena there. So pretty cool to to see that stuff and uh, PBR doing doing work, doing good things out there. And those guys are really great, really great at what they do. So cool to see. Other than that, I think we're half caught up. If I missed anything, I'll try to get my brain back working for the next time we do this, and we'll uh, we'll share more stats then. Stats guy, stats guys, NFP, look out. Stats guy, yeah, stats guy, Tanner. Are you guys anything else that you want to shout out or talk about over the last couple of weeks that we missed? No, I think uh, I think we got it um, covered. Looking forward yeah. to this uh, with Anna Birch, and looking forward to. I got to say, I've had a little bit more of a smile on my face this last couple of weeks, just with the, what's going on in the world, especially out east at our Parliament Hill. And uh, I'm really positively looking forward to life getting back to normal for everybody involved, especially our kids. So go, yeah, go truckers, go convoy. There we go. Jason, you good? Never been better. There we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining in. Thanks for listening. We love you. Go along with uh, what we're up to here, and we appreciate you big time. This is now our interview with Anna Hunt Birch. Somebody actually buys this stuff? Yes, it's a big market. Don't touch me. Whoa. Good job. Are you about ready to head out? Well, very soon. I just wanted to make sure I understand this thing one last time. The bull semen makes 200000 per. So that means we could make a lot of money, and we means I. Yes. How many times can we get these bulls to mount the cows in a week? How many times would you mount a cow? That sounds like a good business. <laughs> okay, well then, one more. Good job, cowboy. And for them to succeed is the ultimate. I got a chick for you. Our guest today was one of the first women to raise and haul bulls that went to the PBR World Finals, a TV personality with appearances at the biggest rodeos in the world, along with some reality TV. Now, an essential part of Birch Rodeo Company, Anna Birch. Anna, how are we doing today? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Good to have you. A lot of history within this game. Our first female on the NFP podcast. Big day. Hey, boys. Big day. Big day. <laughs> That's cool. So um, so where do we where do we catch you today? What's going on uh, in your world here right now? Um, we're in Rosette, Wyoming, at my house. Yesterday, we went and gathered, I don't know, 150, 200, two to three, four-year-olds, and uh, we need to get them sorted today and then get them bucked because they'll go to an event that's in Rapid City. We'll go to Denver next week, and then we go straight to Rapid City. It's kind of a cool deal. We have more fun bucking young horses than, than going to a rodeo. So we're going to go to a ranch rodeo on Tuesday. I think it's the 10th or 11th. But February, and then the next morning we have Bronx for breakfast. So they serve biscuits and gravy and Bloody Marys. Oh, oh, that. 
Sounds like an we'll NFT style. <laughs> yeah, we should we should yeah. be ripping a pod well, live. So. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so do you guys do you guys have bulls there as yeah. well, or is it are you guys mostly? I know some world famous horses with with Birch Rodeo, but is there bulls along with that as well? Oh yeah. yeah um, yeah, we've got, I don't know, we, we just, we went and gathered another 150 off the same kind of creek bed um, the day before. So we, we lured them in. Um, we've been really dry, so we had to bring them in and, and make sure that they had water, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and yeah, Matt has been, it's kind of strange that when Matt and I started talking, we'd talk about hunting and we were talking about raising buck and bulls. And so everything was based on like white water and gunslinger. And that's what Matt did. So it's fun to go out there and I still could recognize all those calves because they look just like mine. I gave Matt all of my bull calves. Well, I guess we've been together for 11 or 12 years. And so I gave him my last set of bulls and then my dad continued on. And so I'm really excited this year. I've got two bushwhacker sons and we just bucked him at, we have an event we put on um, called the New Year's Eve Buck and Ball. And uh, we bucked him as his Thursday third trip with a rider and they marked him 23 and a half and 24 and a half. So not I'm bad. <laughs> Is that good? Is that good scores? <laughs> oh, that's wicked. Cool. So uh, you kind of hinted at it with the, with the bucket bull industry and, and the, we talked about the rodeo industry and stuff before we get into to all that and what's, what's, what's kind of going on now. I like to always go back and uh, kind of get the backstory of, of your life and, and for our guests, um, kind of go back to to the start so enriched in in rodeo western lifestyle history what was uh what's your youth kind of like and uh and and growing up how did how did it go for you my dad is actually from brooks medicine hat alberta and um so he started roping calves and bulldog and in that kind of stuff and um went to college at cal poly san luis obispo california um he met my mom and uh, they got married, went back to Canada. My mom had never seen snow or been out of the state, let alone the country. <laughs> and um, the water was green. And of course, she got pregnant. And uh, my sister was born in Calgary. And I don't think my mom was really um, feeling it. And so they went back to California. And dad got a, um, well, I guess then they had me and then they had he got a coaching job at West Hills College in Kalinga, California, and he was the rodeo coach for 30 years. So um, I grew up with 18 to 22 year olds my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it all. <laughs> uh, so, so grew up um, roping, riding, um, all that sort of stuff, Western lifestyle, or was there other stuff that, that you were, were about sports or, or what was kind of the, the upbringing? No. Um, so I rodeoed and stuff. My mom was a state champion in high school and my sister won that same title. Uh, my sister won the world in the calf roping and breakaway roping um, about 15 years ago. Um, Dad just kept on coaching and stuff um, and we'd have to buck bulls and stuff. So we had, um, we had a little place and so we had longhorn cattle and I don't know, everything just kind of mixed. But we had an Angus bull and we decided that we we're going to try to buck him. I don't know why. I don't know. We ended up taking him to the Benny Binion sale. And when Yellow Jacket topped the sale, he was the second highest 
selling bull and he was no just way. a black angus <laughs> yeah and we called him santa claus because the the guy that kind of a, a grandfather to us um he played santa claus in the community and stuff so we called him santa claus and mike survey bought him um he ended up dying um before he went to the nfr but um there was a little there was a um, longhorn cow and she had this calf and she died and so they said do you want this little orphan so of course i called it orphan annie yep. and i thought for sure i was going to saddle that sucker up and i was going to ride him and everybody's got a cat and a dog but i had a cow you know and she hooked me and she kicked me and she hated me and so we calf roped on calf roped or break rope, then we team roped. And so out of school, I would go and I would challenge these guys like 10 bucks, you can catch my cow. And so I'd make a little money on the afternoons. <laughs> and then we were putting on a, a junior rodeo and we needed some more steers and she had big horns and everything and she was really pretty. And anyway, we bucked her and she jumped, you know, three, four foot off of the ground, turned back. And so nobody could ride her. So, um, my dad's roommate in college was um, Lee Rosser and John Growney. And so it was always kind of like Uncle Uncle John, you know? And so we were right. at Cal Poly again for the college rodeo and I found him and I asked him if I could breed him to Wolfman. And so he said, absolutely. And so I told everybody. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I found my dad and I told my, I said, I get to breed Wolfman. And so he was so deflated because he knew that my heart was going to be broken if I couldn't do that. And they, they let me do it. It ended up not being Wolfman because there was multiple bulls that went out. Yeah. Um, but Kish didn't do any DNA and stuff. So I still had something good. And I yeah. did an embryo transfer to, I called her Moon Doggy, to Whitewater. And I got two bull calves. And um, one of them went to the PBR finals. And then the other one's still in the top 25 uh, as, a, as a breed bull. So... Wow. I just had some instant success and fell in love with it. Yeah. And that's when it started at eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I rodeoed, I ran girls and um, I roped and stuff, but like I made it to the high school finals and I decided I wanted to go to the college finals anyway. So I just gave up my spot and I wanted to see more bulls buck and at another level. So. Damn. So the Birches are known for great bucking horses. Um, anybody that follows PRCA Rodeo. So where is Anna Birch's love now between bucking horses and bucking bulls? I'm still a cowgirl. Yeah. You know, I, I still love cattle. And um, and I love these horses and stuff. And um, they've got all kinds of personalities. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just, I think it's the whole, it, it's more about raising them than actually bucking them. So um, it's just, um, um, it's just, I, I just love living on the land and seeing those, those babies hit the ground. <laughs> For people that don't know, you've seen both sides of it with the, with the bucking bulls and bucking horses. Uh, I've, you know, dealt with a lot of, of the bull side of things with the futurities and dummy bucking and stuff. Is there a difference handling between the horses and the bulls, as well as like the raising of them, what, what you go through the steps to, to get a good bucking horse compared to a, a good bucking bull? Yeah, it's, it's, they're two different animals. That's for sure. Um, I do, I just really respect what Matt and his family do because 
you know, I did it by myself and I had at least 77 acres and I made it work and I didn't have, I mean, my bulls were against my cows and, you know, it was now um, I'm on a ranch that's 200,000 acres. And so having the patience to let them grow up and mature mentally and physically um, is a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, They play with them horses. I think the coolest thing is that they'll get those horses in, put them in the chute and they'll put a halter and their lead is like, uh, like 30 foot long. And he lets, they let them just all mingle for let's just say a week, 10 days. And they all pull on each other's leads and stuff. So they really respect that rain. Um, then they bring them in and use a regular saddle. Then they use a dummy that Chad's built, which is pretty amazing. Um, that really slaps and gives weight and, um, what, a you know, everybody knows what bull dummies are all about, but to have a, a horse dummy is, is another game changer. And then we started to go into the ranch rodeos and, and all that kind of stuff and, um, high school rodeos, college rodeos before they can go somewhere. Wow. I bet you fucking muck some kids out at the high school rodeos. <laughs> you just never know. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes I like seeing a calf or a horse that starts good, but gets better versus yeah. being outstanding and just going downhill. So, you know, you, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'll hand out helmets and, and vests. <laughs> That's all you can do. Yeah. So you talk yeah. about you talk about um, uh, college days and your dad being roommates with John Growney. The people that you grew up around um, are huge in the in the Western lifestyle industry. John Growney. I'm pretty sure there was some ties to to Randy Bernard as well. Correct. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm just so blessed, like, to be able to know the people. I mean, I I get starstruck with the people that I get to talk to. Um, Randy rodeoed for my dad. He was from San Ardo, um, California, and he came and, and roped and everything. And, um, and then he went to Cal Poly. Um, but he knew that I raised bulls and that that was my passion. So I graduated from high school as a junior and I already had my A in college and I had like a 4.3 grade point average. And um, I graduated well, before I went to, to, before I graduated, I got to go down to Bakersfield and that was the last time that they bucked Whitewater. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the college regional finals and then anyway, ended up graduating, went to the college national finals. And on the way back, Julio Marino asked me if I would help him saddle horses, wash horses, sort and do all that kind of stuff. So I stopped by there and then um, Dan Russell he goes, call me. And I said, I don't know what he asked. He goes, do you know who I am? And I knew who he was because he took bulls for my dad, mm-hmm. but he was just kind of fucking cocky. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know who you are, but he said, well, call me. So I didn't know what the fuck he wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he goes, oh, Linda's going to make a steak dinner. <laughs> what? This is getting good. <laughs> um, so I went up to Sparks, Nevada, up above Reno. And that's where he kept all the stock. And so I said, I don't know what the fuck you want. And he goes, I want you to help me with my breeding program. And so I was honored and, you know, I wanted a part of that. So um, I went straight from Reno to Folsom. 
and helped him. We bled everything and um, we got his breeding program, you know, cleaned up. And um, meanwhile, that was when the RSR, the rodeo stock registry was going and Bob Tallman. Yep. But just down the street was UC Davis. And so he was, um, I didn't need RSR. It was a lot cheaper if I just went straight and I knew what bulls across these cows and there was no outside bulls. And so uh, really, I think it made Bob mad because I wasn't supportive of the RSR, but then, you know, I was working for somebody and I was trying to do my best job possible. Um, so meanwhile, I was headed to go to Selena's for Dan and I stopped by my parents just for, for an afternoon and Randy Bernard called that afternoon. And he asked me if I would move to Colorado Springs and be Cody Lambert's assistant. So Cody didn't want an assistant. So it was kind of a, a no challenge, way. but <laughs> he, um, um, like I moved there at 17, but you can't get a room. You can't rent a, uh, an apartment you can't get a flight you can't do anything when you're 17 you know mm-hmm. so i lived with randy's um assistant andy Lamerall, and um yeah it was fun i so you know what i didn't know that and i didn't know no, you, either. Uh, i didn't know you were cody's assistant i you didn't have that in your he didn't want ever so ever long, ever did he were, in so were you an employee of the pbr at that point yeah, so um, I, uh, I, I didn't know what he wanted me to do, and he didn't want an assistant and that kind of stuff. So we did some bull things, and, and I came into Randy's office one day, and I said, I've got an idea. I think that we should sell a ticket to go behind the scenes and see the bulls getting fed, go behind the shoots, you know, go into the, into the um, locker rooms and all that kind of stuff, and, and they – totally downplayed me and said, no, we don't have time for that, you know? And so I think that they do that now. Yeah, they but, oh, um, <laughs> yeah. You started uh, something. <clears throat> you started well, something. I got a bug in the ear. But one time I remember um, he finally, he used me and I never told Cody that I, that I had bulls and that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but he told me one day he wanted every judge sheet from every event throughout the entire year and he wanted me to fax it i said i think it'd be faster if i just drove it down to you but i faxed and faxed and faxed so do you you, yeah i was gonna say that is a common question on this podcast do you have any good uh like cody lambert shooting the out stories (laughs) uh well um we're in Laughlin this is after and, and then you know now I've got bulls and that kind of stuff and uh I used to date Brendan Clark and there is a bull that I just used as a practice bull and this sucker would buck Brendan off once in a while and that would just really <laughs> stroke his ego you know uh so but I I took this bull to Laughlin Nevada and he went and told Joe Bumgarner he goes hey, just kind of haze him. I had nothing to do with this. And he says, if you haze him, he's badass. And I think Chris Shivers was on him. And he chili-whopped him and he does turn back and everything. And then Lambert comes up to me and he's like, this is bullshit. This is professional and blah, blah, blah. I said, I never, I said, I will talk to you after. And I followed him to the office. And I said, that motherfucker does not own this fucking bull. I do. And that pissed me off. It was horrible. So, and, and, he, and I was cussing and, and Lambert goes, calm down your 
stop cussing. Yeah. But I was irritated. <laughs> that's good okay well that could get us into um the bull side of things so i'm not sure what age this was at but you start hauling and, and packing bulls one of the first ones to ever do it um to to pbr events the elite series events right yep um it was easy um in california there's so many events there's you know between the the three different tours that were going, I mean, every weekend. So I worked at a, at a feedlot, Harris Ranch, um, say Monday through Thursday. And then, um, you know, I'd go and haul my bulls around on the weekends. Um, but once they started doing the ABBI events, instead of me getting paid, people were paying entries mm-hmm. to take them. And so um, that's kind of when I started slowing down, sold, sold some cows um, and, uh, I don't know, just kind of turning into then. Um, I, I don't know, I guess just life happens and, and I couldn't afford to do it. Um, so I moved down to Arizona and broke twice a day every day until I ran <laughs> out of money and construction so, in Idaho. <laughs> so in the bull business, and, and if our, our viewers remember the, the show with, with Kiss founder and star Gene Simmons, uh, the Family Jewels show, Tell us a little bit how that, like, did, did you reach out to the production team or did Gene's people reach out to you? Because I I recall that episode, you know, it was kind of like, it was, it was, it was cool. And I I recall, um, I don't know if you remember the big flood and I don't know what year was that Scott Calgary Stampede 2013 ish. Yeah. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah. I remember Jay Doherty. We all know Jay Doherty. Great guy. Um, he called yeah. me up and said, Hey, you're going to be around Calgary again this year. I said, yeah, all 10 days. I'm helping Keith out there. He goes, okay, I need you. I need a favor. Kiss was playing the saddle dome and okay. this had been around the time you had introduced him into the bull business. And he's like, he wants to get some photos with his, with his costume on around the bullpens. Would you look after him? Well, I'm a headbanger from the 80s. Like, Can I look after him? Absolutely. And that was the biggest, the flood wasn't the biggest disappointment for me in 2013. It was the fact that everything got canceled and I couldn't meet Gene and, and host him. But um seemed like a real interesting dude. So please tell us. Um, the PBR reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested to do this. So his team called and they wanted... I did. So first off, they wanted me to go down to LA and go to a strip joint and meet him. I don't remember what the whole concept he was trying to do, but I said, absolutely not. And so I said, why don't you come up here and then just say that you want to be involved with, and you know, it was all, it was all made up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came up there and he, he was a great guy. Oh my God. There's the best joke that he uh, he dropped me to my knees on this joke, but I, it'll be another time in another place. And I'll take you guys that one. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of, it just went at, they, he and his boy came and we just kind of made it up as we went. And um, so I thought that we'd have him collect bull semen because, you know, he's had sex with how many people? 4,000, so I believe. That's how, yeah. many Polar- that's how many Polaroids he has anyway. <laughs> so he but once we started um getting everything um rocking and rolling to get that bull collected he was so grossed out so <laughs> i think it was like one of the highest rated um so they asked me to do another one but they wanted me to get lost on my own ranch and take 
single or guys like divorced men and strippers and get lost on your own ranch and ride bareback in November in a bikini. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, (laughs) put it off. (laughs) Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Hollywood. Do you still have uh, like a relationship with Gene Simmons or was it just through that, through the show and all that? Yeah, no, I haven't talked to him since then. Yeah. So leading, you talk about that sort of stuff. Uh, your your reality TV crew with the show that you were on for a while was Texas Women, right? Uh, yep. And where did that where did that come about? Where did they find you to do that? And uh, the story behind that? I was actually doing road construction in Idaho. I ran okay. out of money when I was when I got done roping twice a day every day, and I had to go make some money. So I was making thirty six bucks an hour, and you know, six to two and I get to rope every afternoon. Um, and then I got a, a random phone call asking if I had a, a, a husband or a boyfriend. And I said, no, I said, like, maybe find one. I don't know. And they were calling it. They wanted it to be like rodeo wives. And so that was kind of the concept. So I went down to Fort Worth and we did a sizzle reel. We, we just kind of filmed. And so my, you know, it would be, um, you know, that I was a stock contractor and that I have my bulls and that kind of stuff. And that's the reason why I wanted to do it to, to promote that. Um, so now I'm in Texas, but my bulls were in Oklahoma because now Dan Russell moved to, to um, Shakota, Oklahoma. So I go up there and I'm helping him feed and buck stuff and haul the rodeos and all that kind of stuff. And then I get the phone call that they sold it. And so CMT was going to, um, you know, going to do the deal. And they asked me to move to Texas again. And so we did that season. And then in between, I went back to Oklahoma and then they sold another season. And so I just kind of bounced from Oklahoma to Texas for a couple of years. Damn. What was the, what was the reality TV experience? Like, was it a lot of made up stuff or, or making you do stuff you didn't want to do? Was it? Would you do it? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, would yeah. you do it again? Or, or what do you think about that time? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get along with those girls. Uh, I didn't even know Hannah was my roommate and I didn't know her before that. And I knew uh, Brooke Jeter just because I knew Jason and then um, Allie because of Melton. So the girls were just, I, 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 no, it was, it was a horrible. Another story for another time. This, you tell the rest (laughs) of the story when we hear the Gene Simmons joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I just, it was, they didn't let me, all they wanted to do is go to barrel racings and have cat fights and well, go no wonder it fell fl- no wonder know? it fell flat barrel race yeah <laughs> i know i know um, so yeah they wouldn't let me buck my bulls and stuff and then they were had i couldn't even go take care of um scott pickens i got to that's where i was at um and he he what a what a deer he took care of you know because i couldn't make it from fort worth to go feed and grain and buck stuff um he took care of everything and it, it just, it was stupid. Oh. So I couldn't wait for that to be over. Is that what led to, um, 
some of the like the interviewing jobs and the and the play by play stuff that you did after that. Some of the biggest rodeos in the world you got hired on to Calgary Stampede and all over the places. Did they see you doing that the TV stuff? Is that how that led to that, or how'd that kind of come about for you? No. Um, so when I was nineteen, I was rodeoing for my dad. I was taking like twenty four units. I had my bulls. I was trying to rodeo. Um, and I had a stroke. Um, I had multiple strokes and I lost a hundred my speech, couldn't read, couldn't write. Okay. And so, um, yeah, so I just thought the hardest job possible would be to get in front of a camera and just kind of overcome it. So I didn't do it. I never had, I never thought, Oh, one of these days I'm going to be, you know, Leah Garcia. Um, I, I just wanted to overcome it and I sucked at it, but they hired me and it was a blast <laughs> and I tried, you know, but at the end of the day, um, I, I didn't have any kind of education or, or, or schooling to do that. So I guess I just tried to give good questions instead of the idiotic shit that you see on television majority of the time. Well, I think you're being pretty hard on yourself there, Miss Anna. I, I always enjoyed, I remember watching you and I didn't, you know, I didn't think you sucked. Uh, the very first time that I got hired, I got, they hired me for, I guess, the college finals. And then I did some PBRs. And my first interview was Adriana Marias. <laughs> holy moly. Uh, they had this, this light and I'm just, I'm smoke, I'm sweating profusely and I can't even look at the guy. I was, you know, I mean, a fan, the biggest fan ever. And so I, I didn't know. I, I, I and then I had to do a deal and they, you know, um, one of this kid, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a kid from, uh, from Japan and he got chili whopped and he was headed to the hospital. And so they wanted me to do a, you know, post, you know, how's he doing? I said, well, what's his name? And I just, what the hell day, was his name? Just, we should know Jim it. Jim Sharahara. That's it. Yeah, he was up at the ranchman's. He, came to, he came to the ranchman's PBR event. Yeah, I remember him. And he had oh, no God. business, no business tying his hand to a milk cow, let alone a PBR yeah. bike. And oh, how man. dare him get hurt and I have to say his name multiple times. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Oh God, that, oh, I've never been more afraid. Yeah, Jemashiro Charaha. Well, you got it now. <laughs> you must have went through that a bunch of times because you got it nailed now. Oh, a million. <laughs> a million times. Um, what was the, the PBR? You're in the rodeo side of things now. Is there, did you find big differences between um, the rodeo side of things and the bull riding side of things? Maybe for people on the outside that that really don't know the difference there's obviously big differences within it but what do you what do you find different which one did you do you like more or did you like more what's your experience between that pbr world and the rodeo world oh putting her on the spot i like it tanner good job (laughs) okay um so again two different animals uh but i haven't watched a pbr for years and the whole pbr is it way different thing when I was around it to what it is today. We used to have so much freaking fun and it was a family and we all traveled together and, um, and everybody was supportive, but shit, we, we had fun. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I think that now it's more of a corporate thing and it's more business oriented. Um, and now um, Matt and I, when we go and rodeo and stuff, uh, you can't wait to go see, you know, like one of our primary rodeos is Clovis, California. So when you run in there and, and John comes in there and, and well, Calgary actually comes down and, mm -hmm. um, but just seeing everybody, um, but it's not the, with the PBR, it was, you left on Thursday and you got home on Sunday and then you did it all over again, you know, 32 30 times. weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'd rather some of my favorite rodeos are amateur rodeos, you know, it's, it's funner to go to some of these in, in this area between Gillette to Deadwood and, and uh, Hewlett, which is Devil's Tower. And um, there's just so much history and, um, and the cowboys that you get to run into, you know, the, the old guys, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for an old man. I can sit there and bullshit with, you know. Yeah, just listening to the stories, huh? Absolutely. Uh, that kind of the California side of things, there's lots of guys including girls, including yourself that aren't a part of, uh, the PBR. And is that due to the changes of it? Different people that were part of it back in the day are not part of it anymore. And do you think that's kind of the same aspect? Lots of guys like the, the rodeo side of things more, or is there more to more to the insides of it? I think it is the way that bull riding turned from being, you know, I raised buck and bulls and got paid to take them. And then now there's so many people that want to be involved and everybody's kind of sold their stuff because if they could get 50%, you know, when, when Bobby and Sally, you know, wanted to buy a bull, well, they bought a bull, you know? And so now having all of the, where it used to be the Cowboys contended and that we would just bring a professional athlete for them to get on. And then now it's, you know, they're more concerned about competing with the bulls as, um, as you know, the actual riders themselves. So I think that there's just more people involved, but I don't think that the money across the board has went up. And then of course you could talk about, then you talk about what, um, you know, state costs and that's not coming from the growers, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing like between bucking bulls and bucking horses that you can buck, you know, your mares and your, and your culture, yeah. your geldings and stuff. And so, you know, it, there's just, there's so many different aspects um, and it's easy, yeah. you know, anybody could throw a bull in the backseat, but you can't, you can't put a horse, you know, and. That's a good point on the, on the reason of bucking horses and bucking bulls. You're, you're, you're working on percentages with bulls right off the hop before they even you know as soon as they hit the ground because if they got if they don't have nuts they're not working right that you know you've already yeah, eliminated I, that i'm trying to get matt to do this we've always got too many damn cows and of course every year you're going to have 50 percent cows mm -hmm. and so what i want to do is just buck all of the cows and if if they don't buck just get yeah. rid of them and and i'd rather have solid cattle too because at the end of the day when you take them to the sale barn if if there's anything that's spotted or anything then the that goes way down and yeah, yeah. so i would just like to buck everything and breed them accordingly 
Well, just um, bring the, NF- really, just bring the NFT podcast crew down. We'll help you do that. We'll get through those cows one afternoon. Sure. Bring it. No, we're gonna we're gonna buck horses first. <laughs> yeah, <heck> yeah. <laughs> there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be an ice cold beer around the Birch Ranch, would there? It's outside, actually, because <laughs> it's colder outside than it is in the refrigerator. You know. You guys you got, got a, sneaky weasels? You, know, <laughs> you guys got. No, I don't have any. I thought you guys would send me one. Uh, well, you know? Anna, don't hold your. Actually, you probably have a better chance because you're way cuter yeah. than Scott and I. But look, at Scott, have you got any sneaky weasel yet? No. We're, a, no. we're, a, we're a year into this podcast. I'm looking around. I don't have a stack of sneaky weasels anywhere in here. No. They well, go pretty I've quick got a twisted here. tea for you, okay? There we go. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all, tease. Let's go. <laughs> I can't have it. Oh, that's cool. Okay, one of my favorite stories, and I heard this a long time ago, not the actual story, but heard, like, gists of this story from different people before I met you or, or knew so um, who you were. Uh, your dad and the dancing with with Ben Jones. Can you fill that wow. story in for us? I love. I I've like I've never heard the actual one, but just people talking about it. So it's a very famous story, and I would like to get the the real story from you. Okay, so I talked to my dad last night, and I asked if I could say it. He's like, "Well, okay." Yes. So yes. I had it had blessing, but um, and I I I I've never seen it. I never, um, I've just heard about it as well. So um, when I when I left California and stuff and dad had his bulls and that kind of stuff, he, he went to Fresno, California for the Built Ford Tough um, and he drew Ben Jones. Well, Ben came from Australia and he was just kind of living. He came, he was cleaning up his act and practicing at the college and helping the kids and it was awesome. Um, but Ben had that funky little dance. And so dad was proud of his, his bulls. So he wanted to celebrate and he just jumped in the middle of the arena and I guess did the Ben Jones. Oh thing. yeah. Cause there's a lot of rhythm in that yeah. dance. Bands. Yes. There's a lot of shit going on. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that Cody Lambert says, out and you're never coming back again and so i hear about this and so i'm kind of embarrassed and um i talked to hd page and i was like what the f- i can't believe you did that and he goes that's bullshit that's bullshit that they kicked him out why can't we we work so hard to raise a buck and bull and why can't we celebrate too and so when hd said like that that should be just fine he made me feel a little bit better but dad God, I was embarrassed. Yeah, I don't think that he was invited back. And I'm sure that my dad was pretty embarrassed. So, you know, I'm not sure. Oh, I wish we could track that video down. I've, I've heard that. That's pure gold. I'm, you don't see that every day. Like I said, I'm not trying to find it. I've never <laughs> seen it. But I'm sure you can find it. Uh, yeah yeah i just have a i'm just imagining what my dad looked like um you think he had more style than ben did i think he probably well okay so then to to follow up with that my dad was came to clovis to say hello to me um when we were at the clovis rodeo dad was flying to las vegas for the college regional finals and um before Clovis, they've got a PBR. And so when my dad 
he had some whiskeys. We had lunch and we had a couple of whiskeys and stuff. He went to the airport. He runs into Ben. He gets Ben so drunk at the airport before he even came to the PBR that <laughs> Shetland goes, Ben, you can't get on. And so Ben flew all the way to get on and he never got to get on because my dad got him drunk. So funny how it all happened. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. But, and then, our Canadian, um, our Canadian audience knows Ben well. Like Ben and Jason yeah. landed in Canada. I forget what year it was. Uh -huh. You know, landed in Saskatoon actually for the PBR event here. And yeah, just kind of loafed around from ranch yeah. to ranch, place to place. So yeah, we all know Ben well. Yeah. Up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I danced with Ben, but it was a different kind of dance. So <laughs> yeah. leave it at that. Where were we then? Were we in Dawson Creek or somewhere way up north? Stavely. Uh, the, the bull riding side of things as well, being a woman in the industry, which I think is fair to say is a pretty male dominant industry. Did you um did you get any backlash or was were people opening or open to you coming in and nice to you or was there some chit talking and and guys not really wanting you around? No, um, I just buck them off and then they couldn't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> I had uh, one bull that he would kind of lay down in Kalinga water. He would lay down in the chute and everything, and so I told this kid, I said, "Spur him up," and he was just fiddle farting around, and I said, "Spur him up." And he had long hair. And so I just grabbed hold of, pulled his hair and I said, sperm and fucking nod. And so he did and <laughs> he come back. Grabbed him by the hair. <laughs> that kid's probably still having fantasies <laughs> over that, Anna. <laughs> he came back and he goes, Miss Anne, thank you very much for bringing such a nice pool. And I said, well, thanks for turning him up. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, gold. Oh, well, one other story that I've, I've heard about you is the uh, big music guy myself and same as Jason and uh, Scott. Um, so Bernie Toppin, you have some ties to this guy. Is this correct? So for people that don't know, wrote all the songs for Elton John, one of the biggest dogs in the in the music industry. What's your what's your ties with this guy? Oh, my gosh. Um, my favorite bull ride that I've ever been to was uh, Santa Barbara. And I took a bull. At, it was his first event. And I called him Puddle Jumper. He's a whitewater son out of a little hopper daughter. And he had that slanted eye and big horns. And he's gorgeous. So um, we get there. And I let, you know, put him on water and that kind of stuff. Well, Bernie invited all of the bull riders to go up to his place and they had this fiesta. And so he had cutting horses. And so all these bull riders got on cutting horses and, and uh, uh, Chris Shivers and I won first and second. And, but the funnest part is that like, you know, there was tacos and cervezas, but they couldn't drink because they had to get on, but a stock contractor can. <laughs> and so I drank margaritas and, and cervezas. And then this guy comes uh, from down below, um, uh, you know, another property. And he's like, hey, do you want to come in and rope? And so all of these guys, so it was, uh, I think it was like Chris and Mike and, um, and uh, I think Laramie and, and Adriano and all those guys. Anyway, they all healed. So they had a couple of horses for me and I headed for everybody and I didn't miss a steer all day long. Damn. 
And um, this beautiful woman, she came from the, like behind the, the shoots and um, she goes, I think what you're doing is amazing. And she had an accent. And, um, and uh, so uh, I said, well, what are you doing tonight? Well, I don't know. I said, well, come to the, she was a princess of, of a country and I don't even remember. Her name was Shaka. And uh, <laughs> I invited her to come to the, to the bull ride and she came, she stayed. Um, I went up to the margarita booth and I said, can I have a bottle of, um, of, of tequila? And he's like, oh, okay. So I hid it in my pants and I went back there and Shaka got down like for the, after the bull riding and I was graying and in feed and stuff. And, and so I said, do you want a shot? And so she and I had shots and she helped me grain the bulls. And um, well, then we, the party wasn't over. We wanted to do something else. So we go downtown Well, everything's closed. And so we go to this sushi bar and she knocks on the door and she, um, she says, I am Shaka. I am the princess of whatever country. And these are my friends. And they opened up the sushi joint for us. Um, John Growney was with us and uh, there was just, I don't know, there was like 20 of us and we just had a blast. It was like the funnest day of my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> did, you to, did you get to stay in touch with the princess? Well, I did for, for years. We used to email all the time. And, um, but you know, yeah, it's now, tough. yeah, what was, was did cool. you get to meet Bernie Toppin? Oh yeah. Yeah. What oh, was yeah. he like? What's he, he like? Um, he was the hostess with the most. Yeah. He's just a hostess with the mostest, you know, and he just, and he'd go, Oh, you went on this horse and this horse, you know, and, and everybody was just a hooping and hollering and it was very intimate. It was just all bull riders and, you know, there was no fans or there was no, but Randy was there and, and kind of the, the main crew. And um, they had a fantastic, uh, you know, taco bar and it couldn't have been a nicer day, you know, central coast, California and riding yeah. horses, roping shit and bucking stuff off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I imagine uh, he didn't spare any expense on anything on his yeah. place. Money would not. No, he loved it. <laughs> it was I got cool. another. I got another inside question for you. Being from California, um, originally, you said you're in Wyoming now, right? Yep. Okay, so I'm sure you've seen on the news and, and heard all about it. But there's people by the truckloads leaving California. What do you think of the whole aspect of the state of California? What's going on there, and and uh, people leaving your home state? politics my favorite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the funniest thing is i'll go over there and i'll talk to matt's dad his name is max and he is the funniest they can tell a story like no other but he always says oh them goddamn californians that move into wyoming mm -hmm. i mean i'm not meaning you i'm not meaning you but <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I think it's really sad. I, it's such a beautiful state. There's so much good, but yet it's just the people walking and talking, you know, and yeah. um, the whole country. I'm just so happy to be. We've been social since I've moved here. We've been social distancing because I don't want to go to town. I don't mm. I hate going to town. And if I could just be on the ranch and mind my own business and there's only so much that you can do, you know vote and that's it yeah roll. the uh the hunting side of this podcast we have a lot of uh, people that that follow along that are 
avid hunters and we've had luke snyder on and, and a couple of different people that have went on some some big hunts it's a big part of your guys's family um as well right you guys do some some hunt caps and different stuff like that yeah um matt started when he was in high school he he would have some you know a couple of guided hunts um but they started like with a just like a wall tent and um then he bought well, I guess then they moved over to the Butterfield, um, which was a two-story house, but it wasn't fancy or anything. And then bought three little cabins. And then then he built this other place, which is hunting camp now. And it was just um, four bedrooms, three bathrooms, and then just kind of a kitchen inside the living room. And it was just a box. So I guess seven or, well, no eight or nine years ago, we built onto hunting camp. So now it's 12 bedrooms, five and a half bathrooms, two living rooms, a commercial kitchen, bar. And oh, so, wow. we're, yeah, we're completely booked out for like two years. And so we hunt in September, um, like the, the archery antelope and some elk and deer, I guess. And the rifle season is in October. And so from day... Well, from the 30 or 31st of September, I guess the 30th, um, to October 20th, I'll have 35, 40 people in camp. Damn and Lord. then um, I've got 10 days and then we go back into a different area. So the ranch is, like I said, like about a hundred or excuse me, 200,000 acres, but then we lease another 100,000 acres um, just to make sure that we've got plenty to, to hunt and so between antelope, deer, and elk, we're if we're not ranching, we're not rodeo, and we're hunting. So cool. well, maybe maybe we scrap the cow bucking and horse bucking and just come down and hunting season, fellas. Yeah, Jason, I've seen you shoot. I've seen. Yeah. You shoot. <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? It. No, it's. It, <laughs> <laughs> it um, but you should see. Uh, we did a Cabela's signature series for the last. No, oh, I don't know, six or seven years. Um, but these people, they come from far and wide. They don't know e each other. So that's fine. But so they come the 30th, they leave the 5th. I get a brand new set, the 5th till the 10th, the 10th to the 15th, the 15th to the 20th. Um, but all from the 15th on, it's all a bunch of buddies that come together. So they just kind of like rent out the whole cabin or the lodge, you know, and um, they know each other. Um, it's easier to, I don't know, it's funner. I bet. I guess that's probably a lot of, like you say, somebody's got to entertain and, and do all that stuff. You probably get a lot of different um, attitudes and, and people that are coming in that you have to, to take care of. Is there, has Wade Sundell ever been there? <laughs> <laughs> Wade, um, everybody was just, he's, he's, he's got an aura about him that like everybody comes, you know, but then in day three, when they get off the, the whole, um, fresh kick, you know, and, and, and the new wears off and the whiskey pours on, uh, he had a lot of fun. He, um, <laughs> he, he was fun, irritating. He was like my little brother by the end of the week. Yeah. Oh, pure gold. Yeah. Wicked. Okay. Well, this has been tons of fun. And, and, uh, yeah, no kidding. We've been on for an hour already. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. seems like 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's cool. All the really, 
all the insights and all the, the the people around you you know it's it's just enriched in what we're what this podcast is all about the western lifestyle you know every one of them so we should have you should be hosting the fucking thing actually yeah, no shit. <laughs> might, yeah maybe we'll bring Fun. Yeah. Except I gotta get a box or something that like the ranch everybody's coming in and it's it's always busy yeah, around. What here. Makes it, that's what makes it real, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know it was awesome. Yeah. Um we we're down in Vegas, um, just to give our listeners a little history on how we got Anna on board. I don't know if you were with me that night or not, Tanner. Were we at the I don't know, we were in a suite somewhere and you walked in Anna and we and we started bullshitting and and you're like, oh, I love your guys' podcast. And it's hard for us love to it. get together, the three of us sometimes. it's We're busy. You know, we were doing yeah, one yeah. a week during COVID because we have nothing to do. And then our lives kind of got back rolling. And and it's it's hard to get engaged again and 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 keep these these going at times. But um, I ran into Tanner maybe actually later that evening. And I said, I said Tanner, we got to get Anna on. I said, she's like a huge fan. <laughs> So thank you for that, because that's really what inspires us to keep going and having fun with this. It's interesting people yeah, like yeah. yourself, but the fact that, you know, you listen to them all the time, that was really a, a shot in the arm for us. So appreciate that, Anna. Thank you. Well, I, I, I was telling you guys, I'm a little squirrely. So I put my <laughs> earphones in and I get to clean in my house and stuff in it. And you guys keep me engaged. And, but um, you know, the funny stories is fantastic and stuff, but then there's other stuff that is, is very um, the human stories and, you know, the struggles and it's not all life's not all about, you know, the struggles um, that life builds you to the person that, you know, the people that we are. So um, I just, I think the world of, you know, you guys are so, so upbeat and you're, you're okay to say, love you guys, you know, cause I get off the phone and Matt's like, who are you just talking to? And I'm like, I don't know, love you guys, you know? But I think that's not a bad thing, you know? You know what's disappointing, Anna? If we would have got together 24 hours later in Vegas, you'd have had an NFP tattoo just like Tanner and I. <laughs> I was going to say, Anna, you must have had a, an impact on Jason that night. Really got him juiced up about the podcast because we ended up getting fucking tattoos Woo! on Fremont right after that. <laughs> yeah. Five of I us. love it. No, um, you know, I mean, like um, I was listening to your guys' podcast with, um, with Ty Prescott. And so um, Ty and I, we met when, I always feel like I'm so much older than him, but I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was Ty in just Saginaw. Hasn't grown up. That's why you feel like that. Ty just never grew Neither up. That's why you feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Yeah. Um, but it's Saginaw, Texas, and, and I'd never met Jerry Nelson. And Ty is, you know, he was probably um, four foot eight then after he just got his steer riding, you know, world championship and, and then Jerry six, seven and bib overalls. And, um, they were selling scat cats, mama, like she was 21 years old. And, uh, Tyler would do that to Jerry and Jerry would go like this and Ty do this, <laughs> Jerry would go that and everything. And that was just the coolest, you know, and then he got my phone number and he used to call me but do you remember back in the day that you would you would time your phone calls because it was per minute 
you know, so I had to yeah. give my, my dad, you know, a check at the end of the, and you had, you know, cause it was like $14 and 75 cents or whatever, yeah. but Tyler used to call all the time. So I had to save my change for Tyler's <laughs> phone calls and, um, and, uh, he wanted to buy some semen and that kind of stuff. So, uh, I got him, uh, he bought some cows from Julio and bought some semen and all this stuff, but how do you get it up to Canada? Mm-hmm. And so then, um, Kelly Armstrong had a Capri camper. It fits a semen tank perfect in the back, you know, and, but Tyler, I, I think the world of him and I'm so glad that he's doing better and stuff, but I think it's so cool that you guys shared all that and, you know, everybody's well, human. He's one of the guys that was laying on the table getting tatted in Vegas by by uh, yeah. uh, the Fremont yeah. crew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's one of the crew. Fremont. No, that's cool, yeah. and it's good it's to have nice. you on as well because it's the same, like you're saying, right? Everybody's had their struggles. Everybody's went through the ups and downs. The only thing that we really see on TV or or in the news yeah. within this sport is the glamorous side of things. And yeah, there's a lot of that, but there's right. a lot of fucking shit that people go through too. And it's a lonely road by yourself being a competitor, or, or you going out on your own and raising these bulls and and going into the PBR and and uh being headstrong and not giving a fuck and just doing what you got to do so i think a lot of people respect that and it's a lot it's great for women as well and, and we have lots of uh listeners now uh, that are female and you know that's this is somebody that you can look up to in the sense that you you didn't care what anybody thought you just went ahead and, and did your business so pretty cool very cool very proud to, to have you on the show yeah i'm excited for there's so many girls out there now and i'm just applaud them and and at the end of the day um, a bull doesn't know if it's a girl that's hauling them or feeding them at the end of the day, their job is the same. And so there's no, um, nobody gets at the end of the day, if your bulls, if, if you're giving yourself, you know, a hundred percent and, um, the bull can't tell. Plus, 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 hauling. plus you can pull a bull rider's hair and not get cussed. Right. There's an upside. Thank you, man, for creating such nice, nice animals. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, before we before we wrap up, uh, Scott has our infamous question. Anna, it was a pleasure talking to you today, and I love your kick-ass attitude and uh, taking life by the horns, so to speak. And uh, we always this is the NFP podcast. Um, we have our take on it. What is your take? On NFP. When I got to take bulls to the PBR World Finals, I'd get up in the morning and I would grain and I'd exercise the bulls and I would do anything and everything I possibly could do um, because I knew that there was some bull rider sitting on his ass and not even trying to help himself. So when I was done exercising and feeding and everything, I used to go to the gym and I used to run five to 10 miles a day and lift weights and do everything. I just, whatever it takes in in a 24 hour period to, to better yourself. And you know, that there's no fucking excuses. If you want it, go and get it. NFE. NFE. No E. No fucking (laughs) excuses. Well, there you go. Yeah. 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 We'll have branches from NFP. No yeah. <laughs> the family, the family tree. Yeah. That's what we'll back. tat off the tree part of it. Yeah. Back to the tattoo parlor. Or I'll pull your hair and buck 
your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, Anna, thank you uh, very much once again for joining the show. This has been great. Our first female on the show, uh, legendary show for us. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll look for you, right? You got the, the, the what's it called, the buck and, buck and ball, where you guys do your sale every year. Is that kind of, where, where can we see you next, just on the rodeo trail, and, and maybe fill us in on, on that sale that you guys got every year? Yeah, we go, we'll go to Denver and then Rapid City and then, um, shoot, I don't know. And then I guess Clovis and then 4th of July, I think we're going to be in Bellefouche and, and Red Lodge. Um, we just, we rodeo all year long. Um, then we also put on an event, the New Year's Eve Buck and Ball. This year, it'll be the 20th. Matt's done this for forever and uh, has built it into, now it's a PRCA event, bareback riding bulls and Bronx. And um, I put on a, a Bronx, excuse me, a birch rodeo sale the day before it and um, a futurity. And uh, Matt just finally won one. He, he cool. bucked its um, two horses of, that are four or five and then a horse of any age for the short go. And he, he brought three colts together and they kicked ass. So I was pretty proud of Matt for or that, but we've got 20 um, contractors and uh, it pays, you know, 10,000 to, to win that. So, but yeah, shit, we're always we're on the road or we're hunting or yeah. Yep. Or shooting. And guys yeah. can, people can follow along social media, right? Birch, what do you guys uh, talk Facebook Birch Rodeo company or. Yeah, you could do it on Facebook um, or we've got a website now for the new year's Eve buck and ball.com. Um, with pictures and, and that's just new year's Eve. Um, uh, but shoot, I don't know between, I sold over 250 horses last year because of the drought. And so there's going to be, um, frontier is going to have a lot of quarter ZS horses and so will surveys. So. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, once again, thank you for, for being on the podcast and we look forward to, uh, see in the future of of birch rodeo and we'll definitely be following along so thank you very much and this has been our interview with anna birch